0: Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast, weekly insights into everything video. Here's the host, Claire Walker. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Today we are talking the Adobe 2017 full release, just been announced at IBC in Amsterdam. It's another jam-packed Adobe release and I'm really proud to have adobe's john barry back on the show to talk with us about this latest release thanks for joining us john
1: thanks for having me again blair it's uh always a pleasure to be on your show
0: we're just going to jump into it and i'm going to ask you straight up Premier. Yeah, so many good features in this latest release what's your, what's some of your top picks mate
1: yeah um so ibc is just not quite started just yet as we record this but uh we already released a lot of stuff and premiere pro has got a bunch of things i think um i think what's probably top two favorite things out of this is the new project locking which is connected to the open multiple projects capability as well which is very um very much like another product provided by another company with starting with the letter a and we've heard a lot of editors saying they want this as a. This is kind of why they won't switch. And uh, it's taken us a little while to figure out how we'll implement it the right way. But I think we kind of hit the nail on the head with this one. So that's going to be very, very popular. I think.
0: And so many editors will know what project and locking is. If that's important to them, they'll know what project locking is. But yeah. But for those who don't, yeah, that's the ability to work on a project and lock it so everybody else who you're collaborating with knows that it's in someone else's hands at that point in time
1: Mm. um and also having multiple projects open at the same time that's something that uh final cut pro classic was able to do and yeah we've we've found a way to do that without um (laughs) without breaking things so having multiple projects open at the same time means you can be Transferring content from one project over to another, and then saving that one, and then go back and save the other one, and you have multiple project panels open. And as soon as you click from the timeline or the project panel, um, it goes into it knows which version of or what project you're on, and then you can sort of hit save, and it'll save that iteration of where that project is at. It's actually I was playing with it today, and um, it's very cool. I'm very happy with it.
0: That that for me was huge. Absolutely huge. Because so often we'll be jumping into another project or a project that we did a while ago to grab assets or a little a smaller edit. So you we had that functionality through the media browser to dive into a project to grab elements, but to actually have projects open at the same time and to work um. Everybody can do three jobs at once now. This is
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. yeah. It's um. <laughs> it is. You're right. It's it's taking that um. The way that we've had media browser o- able to open in a locked state multiple projects, but having them open all at the same time means that the way of mixing and matching between different things. It's going to be a lot more fluid, and yeah, we'll see whether or not employers are expecting more output from <laughs> their current uh, employees because of it. But it, it certainly opens things up. Yeah. Um, and then being able to lock it as well, there's a tiny little lock icon in the bottom left corner and it's very simple to just click on it and you lock it and you lock everyone out or you click it and you open it back up again. Um, and then you can create a shared project from it too. So it's literally al- allowing you to have then a bin in your project that is – connected to a shared project. So then other people can be making changes and then you double click on it and it opens up and you see all the changes that made. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's really yeah, really I'm, cool. I
1: can't wait to get I can't wait to get people's response after they start using it. Um yeah. Totally. That I, one I think is very exciting.
0: It's really exciting and it's something that I'll use a lot. And I think that that's what I'm excited about this release is there's so many things coming into it that the, I know um, I'll use. So the
1: second thing that I
0: We've got a bit of a delay, I think, here, John.
1: We do. The wonders of uh, Skype and the internet. (laughs) You go. I think I missed something you said there.
0: I was just saying that um, this release has some real features in it that are going to help editors and motion designers and After Effects artists on a day-to-day basis. Some real key features. Opening multiple projects, that is really going to help a lot. A few of my things that I really like are the same things. You're going to use them on a daily basis. Responsive design, the ability to tag things to a duration or a position on aspect ratio. So basically, you think of opacity where you're setting those keyframe opacities or a position or something, and you want it to have slide out at the end. Now, when you change your in and out points they're going to stick to it rather than you have to to go in and manipulate those keyframes i think that's going to save so much time on a day-to-day workflow reality the other thing is um automatic gap removal wahoo yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's a very cool one um so i again today i've been playing with the tools a bit um having access to the software is kind of a nice benefit. And, uh, yeah, what I did, I thought, you know what, the way that I wanted to see this implemented was that the – it didn't matter whether it was across um, different tracks. So I started to push different clips into different V tracks for video, and I just went, okay, let's see how this works. So I I tested it. And even if you've got clips that are on different tracks, it's still – Smart enough to know well, the gaps are actually there, and it just closes the gaps. It works exactly the way that you would expect it to work. So, um, that's going to be that's actually going to be one of the little things that makes a big difference.
0: I've got my little workaround trick to remove gaps, but I have to say that this is going to save quite a few clicks just for doing that. And it's those things that I always mm-hmm. enjoy the most because it's like it's those few clicks that you do over and over and over again that you really appreciate not having to. And then um something that yeah. some some other responses I've had is label colours, having sixteen, bumping it up from the old eight, having more label colours.
1: Yeah, double. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we've heard that one a lot for a long time. So um that's really welcomed as well um with having eight you can run out pretty quick so yeah i think again it's another one of those just little things that can have a big impact on the way people actually get work done
0: i've been using label colors for a lot of edits recently where you might be having a shoot and this is from an actual project and i've labeled every different take with a different color so you kind of know when you're mixing and matching from these different takes and then when you turn that on to show the um, duplicated sequences in the edit and you can see when, you've, when you're using something that you've used before, those in combination, that tells you so much about your edit and what's actually going on in there. So if you're not using label colors, highly mm. recommend it. It's so worthwhile.
1: Yeah, there's another little um, secret with using these label colors that a lot of people don't know about and you can do a selection of the label color. Meaning if you've got – let's say I used to use it when I was in production um, back in the day. Uh, I used to use it to do certain interviews. So I'd have this person was this color and this person was this other color. And then I'd be like, well, I want to know where they all are. So I would be able to select one and then right-click on it and say select label group. And then it would select all of the different ones that were that color. So that as well is like something people go, what you can do, what? <laughs> when I show that one, people get very. It's been there for a long time too, but it's just it's very cool. And if you're not utilizing it, well, you, you should be.
0: Yep. What else would be your pick for the premiere cool. release? All
1: right. Well, I might, I might jump to this second thing that I think is going to be a big deal. Um, VR. So VR. Is growing in popularity like crazy Computers are not able to keep up with the pace of the new frame rates the new Frame dimensions and everything. It's almost like going from SD to HD again Um, and It's not going anywhere. It's not slowing down. It's it's it's, I mean, it's not going to go away It is going somewhere. It's going more and more and more. So we announced a little while ago the acquisition of Metal Skybox and this next release is where we are previewing um, that integration of that that Skybox tool set. The founder and CEO of of the company is also our new most newest employee at director level. He's the director of immersive and so all the stuff that he's been working on is sort of being put in as well And, and you'll just see more and more of this stuff come together the thing that is in the vr though not just the metal stuff but this thing that's in vr i tell people about this and they lose their mind so it's while you're wearing the head mounted display if you're using a vive where you've got the controller you can edit with the heads up display view of the time the head mounted display and And you can switch between playback, pause, fast forward, rewind, all that stuff and change again to rotate the sphere. So if you're being driven to look a certain direction and then you cut to the next shot and it's not facing the right way, while you're in the head mounted display with the control, you can say, I want to rotate the sphere now and just rotate the sphere.
0: It's, It's a whole new way of working inside of a just, head mounted display.
1: Yeah, and people are saying like, "What? That's like minority report. That's <laughs> so
0: cool." Hey John, we're on a Skype call right now, but I think we might just turn off the video aspect and just do the call, bro, cuz um, I think you're, I think you're right. We've we've got a little bit of dropping out happening. So yeah. Yep. So the head mounted display being able to work while you're in that view, and there are also um, controllers and keyboard keyboard shortcuts and things to help you while you're in that mode as well, isn't there?
1: Yeah. You can still be using the keyboard um, to do the editing that you would want to do, like making in and out points and things like that. And But the point is, if you are turned around 180 degrees, because there's a reason to be looking that way, um, you can be using the controller from, say, the Vive, if that was what you were using, and then you can activate tools that allow you to edit within the 360 environment which i think is really going to be one of the highlights of the show for adobe people will be beside themselves seeing that in action
0: yeah it's it's a an intense way to think that we're actually moving into this realm of making immersive content in our suites and literally working inside the content it's quite a trippy thought
1: yeah pretty cool um i actually just thought of a third thing that i i think is going to be a big deal as well um it's kind of overlapping premiere pro and after effects and it's got to do with the motion graphics templates so in the next release um we've put after effects into premiere pro as a library so all of this um computing of What's going on inside of a motion graphics template, which is basically opening a little copy of After Effects? It sits inside Premiere Pro, and the responsive time is way faster than it was before. And things that are, and this overlaps into my kind of things to do with After Effects, is that there's GPU support in there now to do with more things. So, a lot of the transform or all of the transform controls, so that's scale, rotation, position. Um, and motion blur are going to be GPU accelerated, and we'll take advantage of that when you've got that type of content in a mogut or a motion graphics template inside of Premiere Pro. Now, there's, there's another aspect to it, which has got to do with the, the, the library of After Effects inside Premiere Pro it means that if you're using just After Effects-based effects, there's no third-party effects in there, those MOGITs don't need to have after effects installed on the machine to be understood so you could be sharing these motion graphics templates to someone who's just got premiere pro on their machine and it will understand what is going on inside of that um, that file type which is pretty pretty good
0: yeah but totally the speed
1: man man the speed is actually really noticeably different
0: and i think the speed is on um With the After Effects GPU acceleration being about the transform and the motion blur, those are the things that you use all the time. Like motion blur to add into motion graphics. like That's literally always you want to be adding some of that into your motion design to have that in Premiere as well and to not have to install a version of After Effects. It's just simplifying it so that you can make these templates available to your editor wherever they are without the headaches of having them install After Effects also. And that also leads into having motion templates available through Adobe Stock, which is pretty epic. That's
1: right. Yeah. Um, That was... I think that's going to be big. I think people are going to take advantage of that in in a big way. It helps with... Obviously, um, making stuff look good, look cool, um, and we've been working with a lot of high-end motion graphics artists to make sure that we've got like a, a very wide variety of motion graphics templates available through Adobe Stock. And the reason of that is because um, we don't want things to look the same. We don't want people to go, well, you know, there's uh, X amount of effects that come with it, and you kinda, then everyone's stuff starts to look the same. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's something that we are uh, we're still we're going to be opening that up to the general public as well. So anyone can be a contributor in that way and add their own motion graphics templates in there too. But we've started with a select group of people that are known artists that are very, you know, very well known with what they do in motion graphics and so we're going to be providing some very cool looking stuff.
0: Yeah, I've I, I know at least one person who's providing some of that stuff and um yeah you've got some top shelf talent providing the industry with some real usable assets there mm. also just yeah. to finish off with the um premiere the motion design um through um the essential graphics that's had some development too it was released um in the last versions So there's been some Mm -hmm. updates and being able to work with multiple elements in the monitor, the program monitor. And, um, yeah, and also a big one is being able to, a new font menu, being able to preview fonts. That's quite huge, not only in Premiere, but After Effects.
1: Yeah, we finally got um, proper hooks into our service with Typekit. So Typekit service is a a font library that comes with your subscription. And um, the video tools have always been a little bit behind in getting that integration. But in in this next release, it'll be put in there in in the right way. And, yeah, you'll be able to set your own favorites as well. So you put a star next to your favorite fonts, and then you can quickly grab those when you need them. Um, You can also limit the view of your Typekit library fonts and then have that filter that can help you to make sure that you're using fonts that are there. And then when you share that off to someone else, you'll know that if they are using the Creative Cloud, then they have the ability to download that font in the background, and then they've got the font too. So you won't hit this hit this weird thing of oh, I used a font. I'm not sure what it was. Um, oh, you might have to you might have to get a license for that, and then install it properly. And so if you stick to the the typekit fonts and there's a massive library of content there. Um, you'd be able to hand it off and it'll get resolved if they don't already have the font because it's typekit and it'll just sync it in the background. Another way, be cool.
0: Yeah, it's just enabling so much more collaboration by um, ensuring that we're not dealing with managing these assets as much as just being able to hand over projects. And that sort of leads me into probably the last thing we'll talk about in Premiere, which is for um, larger enterprise accounts where you've got um, team-based projects with cloud-based collaboration as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, team projects will be coming out of beta and will be a, a 1.0, which is great. Um, yeah, we're keen about about the use of that as well. So we've added some other functionality into it whereby the transactional save which is kind of an auto save every time you do something inside of the the app um, that level of where that sa- where those saves are will be exposing that so you can actually go down to the actual last point that you've sort of done something and you can from that you could split that out and make a new team project from that version as well um so there's the shared updates where you manually share it out to the rest of the team but then you've also got access to your own little what we call a sandbox where you're kind of playing in your own little sandbox by yourself and you're making changes you can see that list as well which is which is going to be pretty good i think a lot of people are going to start playing with it now that it's out of beta or when when this is released it will be out of beta and i think that's been the kind of a a bit of a drawback to people; they look at it and go, mm, "Something beta. Mm, don't know if I want to try that." So, yeah, that's do, uh do you that mind... works across After Effects and Premiere Pro as well. Um,
0: that's awesome to have it kind... both of those. Do do you mind sort of describing what sort of users can use that?
1: Yeah, that's good to point out. So, the service which is what the Team Projects is. It's another service that's that's utilising the cloud um, to manage the project file itself and then all the multiple people that are working within that same project. Um, That service is only available to enterprise and Teams users. So if you're on an individual licence, you won't have access to that functionality Um, If it's something that you realize is important to the way that you are running as a business or as a freelancer, which is still running as a business, then you you would need to go to a team project, uh, sorry, a team license um, in order to access the team projects. You can have one team license. You don't have to have a, a group. You can have one. There is an extra cost to it, but then having this kind of functionality along with some other perks as well, um, like having more um, creative cloud files storage that you can work with as well. There's some other things too, but it does have a higher cost and instead of separating the cost out for something like team projects and make that a separate cost you've got to manage separately, we kind of just left it in teams and enterprise. Something yeah. to be aware of at least.
0: I yeah. think the people who are looking to implement that will see the value um, and, and why they would need it for themselves. So the ability to have that not only in Premiere but After Effects as well, I think that's a huge one.
1: Yeah, so they work between those those products themselves but it also works across those two products. So if you've got someone who is great at motion graphics and they're off-site and you're using the, um, the team projects to manage it all, you could have someone working from... After Effects looking at your entire project doing an After Effects comp and then when they share that back to the the pool of people who are part of that team project it will show up as an asset just like Dynamic Link in the Premiere project view. So it's not like Dynamic Link in that the change happens and it immediately updates. The update is pushed and then it's brought down so it's a it's a share change and then a get change yeah. process. But effectively has that same flexibility.
0: Yeah. With After Effects, we're, let's have a discussion about what's come out with that now. I think that, just to reiterate, the biggest impact for me on a day-to-day basis is what has been pushed to the GPU. Having moved to a PC and getting a couple of 1080s, the more Adobe gives me on the GPU, the more I'm beaming because I know that that just means I'm just going to be working faster. So there's so many effects Mm. that are GPU accelerated, but now to have all the transform and the motion blur, I think that that is really going to be something that speeds up work daily. And then the other Mm -hmm. thing for me is I'm always looking to be more efficient. So I use a lot of shortcut keys and I, and to, and I'm so grateful. Now we've got a short, uh, the keyboard shortcut mapping in After Effects, which sort of finishes off the Pro Video apps with the keyboard shortcut mapping. That's awesome to have it.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of strange when you think about it, really, that it hasn't been there before, uh, but it hasn't. It's not something that you could go in and just change your own custom keyboard shortcuts inside of After Effects, but it is here. It has come with the same user interface as premiere pro and audition um with being able to use a keyboard map and then you can hit the key and it'll show you on the user interface where that key is and what else is associated to that key be it a, a shift control alt option command modify key with it too yeah that's going to be a big deal i think as well a lot of people are going to be very um excited by that and yeah,
0: yeah. I, um, Long
1: overdue, but that's another <laughs> little thing that's going to make a big impact.
0: Yeah, there's so many things that um, we all want in it, and what's really interesting about um, shortcuts and things that speed up workflow is at work. We're always yelling. It's all sharing what our little um, our little bits of knowledge with shortcuts are, and uh, oh, do you know these ones and these ones? <laughs> it's kind of like water water cooler talk about how to how to get around it. It'll be interesting to see actually with like a group of us, if everyone's starting to map their own, if that will make it harder or easier as a collective. I think as individuals, it's a no-brainer. You just start using them more. But as a group of people, I think we might sort of start saying, well, let's let's try and use similar ones maybe, but it might mean that we can dig into it and share those a lot easier because we can visually see what they are now.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be one of those things where um, for Premiere for quite a while there, it's been one of those kind of hints and tips hotspots where people are going, oh, this is my top 10 customized keyboard shortcuts. And I'm sure they'll start seeing a lot of people pop up with their, yeah. their ones for After Effects. And so there'll be a lot of knowledge sharing around it, like this does this fast for me and I can combine that with this and I'm just going tap, tap, tap and I've done a bunch of things that otherwise I had to be right clicking on that and doing this. And yep. I think it'll be, um, it'll have its own little, little group of people that are s- sort of sitting there going, what can I map now, <laughs> now that I can, what, what can I map now?
0: So what else in the After Effects release has caught your eye as being hot for the audience?
1: Um, now, this is, this is a big deal and it's going to be interesting to see how people start utilizing this. But having, um, having the ability to use um, – there's different formats that you can use for it. But having data-driven animations – I think it's going to be a big deal because you can set um, parameters against an expression that is looking at a, some sort of a, a, another file, so JSON file types, where it's got a bunch of information that's associated to the animation. And then if you needed to update and change things, let's, let's use as an example. Um, Say so I want to do an animated graphic to do with voting. So there's the voting system. You've got all the different regions of, of where votes are counted. And then you want to get a really cool animation of that. And you could do that by using some hooks to this JSON file. And then as that JSON file updates... Oh, I have an alarm going off in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. Someone's left a door open. That's usually what that means.
0: Someone went round the, out the wrong door then.
1: yeah sweet oh there we go it's closed now all right so yeah this json file when you change that let's say you've got america's got 50 states right and if you needed to change 50 elements to do with this cool kind of animation of of the way the numbers show if you had to change that one layer at a time you got to maybe look for where is that maybe it's in a pre-comp maybe it's somewhere else it can be a real headache it's just we're not even going to bother doing it but when it's just attached to – the data is attached to a, another file type and you just update that file type and it just – bing, everything gets updated in an instant. All the animations are, are affected by it and they're going to move in the right ways and they're going to show the data in the right way in, in one one file being updated. That's really cool. Very interested to see how people respond to that. I've had a few people contact me uh, today that just said, wow, that – oh." I'm going to start playing with that as soon as it comes out. They're really excited by it.
0: Yeah, the potential of knowing how data can drive content and just making that happen even faster—that's that's needed. And with the the JSON file and the, and there's a new file type, the motion graphics JSON, being able to pick what parameters um, to those data streams. Like, so I don't think it's going to need um, a lot of scripting now now to be able to like get in there and utilize this so when it does come out um have a play and i know there's going to be a lot of content of people exploring and playing with it when it does
1: mm. yeah for sure
0: okay i'm gonna have to say i'm really excited because i'm a huge cinema 4d fan that cinema 4d light is now r19 so that's awesome. That's a huge update for those who uh, want to utilize a powerful 3D app that comes along with After Effects. And so many people don't know that still. which You've got one of the world's best 3D apps available to you through Cinema 4D Lite R19 that's with After Effects. So that's one of my top picks for After Effects in this full release.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's actually some there's a lot of really big things in this um, this update. It's going to be I'm so excited for everyone to to start playing with it. And, yeah, totally, the, very exciting times.
0: The um the something that goes from the data driven, but also being able to animate with path points using expressions, but being able to ex- um access multiple mass points and shape points not just masks but from shape objects as well that's pretty epic and i think that it's it could look a little bit simpler than you might think when you start thinking about how you could apply this to things so i thought that was a real Mm. cool one
1: yeah it's um that's going to be interesting actually to see how that works because it's almost like doing a parent-child kind of relationship thing and you know you move one end and the other end responds and yeah that 's it makes it really simple too the way that it it can use the nulls yeah um, to help control all of that it's yeah it 's another one of those things it 's just a little thing but it 's going to make <laughs> a big impact
0: i 've had to do it so many times where you 're locking on a point um, you 're motion tracking one end of and then, and then the graphic is coming out and it 's literally locked on. Um, and that's used so many times to sort of have a graphic that's attached to something moving. But the idea of mm. having multiple points attached um, and then streaming real-time data potentially through, yeah, th- this is, there's going to be more and more opportunities to just play with what content you're making, which I'm excited about. Mm. So Adobe Character Animator. It's officially out of beta. It's been in beta for a long yeah. time, but that's pretty epic for Adobe.
1: Yeah, it's a big move. Um, it's got a lot of really cool things in there. If, if pe- people out there haven't really played with it yet, um, it's worth playing with it today before this uh, goes out of beta. It's still got a lot in there already. But coming out of beta, again, it's now a fully-fledged product. Um, a lot of the development has come through that public beta, And, um, so everything that's in that, that product really comes down to the relationship that we've had with the customers using it and the feedback we've got. It's a big part of the way that we, um, we like to develop. It's usually been someone like myself having conversations behind closed doors. Um, but this, this is where we kind of look like we're, we're adding things into the product bit by bit and we give it to the public and they get to try it and use it and give us feedback and, you know, it makes a more well-rounded release for a new product, so um, very excited by it. But some of the things that have come in are to do with the um, triggers, is a big one. So the triggers, where you hit a keyboard shortcut and then it fires off a, a particular position, or there's some layers to do with the way that the animation character sort of hits this position and you trigger this and it sort of hides the other layers and it just exposes that one but you can also uh will be able to add in the this animation to do with certain layers so you could have like a puff of smoke and then something changes behind it that used to be two different actions and that'll all be put together as one so you can kind of link up stuff and make this order before it goes through this order and um There's other things to do with the, like the eye position and the position of eyebrows. So they've always been very fluid and kind of wobbly uh, because it's tracking your eyes and your eyebrows very well. But now you can set it up to have hard positions. So when when you start to raise your eyebrows, for example, they stay up there. So even if you're just slightly wobbling your eyebrows a bit, it's a bit more of an animation style sort of hold that position and then it goes back to the normal position the same with the eyes you kind of dart them from position to position and have them sort of lock in a certain way rather than it it kind of was a bit bouncy before and now it's it's going to be set up so you can have it sort of lock in positions and they've got a new control panel as well so the control panel helps you understand what you put together in the triggers and you got visual ways of seeing it and then you can map like a you can map hardware to to do it, so you've got sliders on a hardware thing, and it's it's very
0: cool. If you've got a MIDI controller, it's going to be really epic to map all of these to sliders and to knobs and to have that graphics yep. panel um, to drive. So it's setting it all up, and then just letting you, letting the animation come to life as you as you're recording it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be kind of. I'm just imagining people having like. An experience of back in the DJ days when they would actually be like hitting the the record and like changing the speed, and then there'd be people like we, we, going through knobs and sliders and going ring, 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 kind of, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. Like people just going crazy, just sitting there going, "This is just fun!" Like just setting up this character and just making him do weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Now, lip syncing's also had a massive improvement, and what I've been looking at is that it's based off Adobe Sensei, and Adobe Sensei seems to be becoming more and more important to the pro video apps. So do you mind sort of sharing what that is and how, it, how it's used?
1: Yeah. So Sensei is the name that we've given our, um, our set of algorithms and other, other things that we're doing where it's machine learning-based, so some things will be branded with enhanced with Sensei, uh, and other things will be just pure Sensei. So the um, some of the things that you're seeing inside of the the pro video tools is going to be enhanced, um, and some of them are just using Sensei. So the the lip sync stuff is improved dramatically through Sensei's technology and the way the machine learning is understanding the way mouths move and then the sound of Things as well, um, that's hugely improved uh, for the main release. We saw a big jump in that in the last um, beta version that came out in the last major update with After Effects, when you also get access to the character animator through that, too. Um, but yeah, that's that's hugely improved. And then we've got this other thing um, with the uh, new behaviors to do with collision physics. So this is starting to get into some pretty fun territory where you've got like ragdoll style behaviors. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool how we're able to put all this stuff into this new product. And I think people are going to really enjoy making cartoon versions of themselves and uh, doing presentations with their cartoon version of themselves uh, presenting stuff.
0: And I, th- I found it really interesting how much the industry has influenced the development of Character Animator through its beta program. And then taking on those thoughts of um, having the keyframes um, as an animator would sort of hold more on them. But all the other things that Character Animator does really well, which is um, allowing you to do full character animation without having to do every frame of it, and then the, the thing that I really like too is the transitioning between it with this latest update with the pose to pose because anyone doing animation mm-hmm. knows that sometimes you definitely do want to hold between um, keyframes and then sometimes you want a smoother transition between the different poses. So that's a pretty big um, update as well.
1: Yeah, and um, that timeline that you use inside of Character Animator is very powerful and we've started to – we've really exposed a lot of the, the, the names of things. So if you had different triggers going on and then even the, the voice, so you've got different components of where the mouth positioning might be and you want to control that, everything is broken down. So you can see against the waveform where you want that to maybe hold longer or do something a bit different. You can just extend what that part of that, um, that animation – is so you're not limited to keyframes per se but just it's a take of this action and then you can move it around like move the position in time where it happens you can elongate it you can shorten it it's just a different way of approaching what was traditionally keyframe based yeah i think they've um and then fading it like using like you said there's the way of sort of overlapping into another take of that same type of action and then we just we tween that really well between with a little fader behavior.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's so impressive how Adobe are adapting these new ways of working and also bringing them into the tools that we know and love, not just the new ones. Um, something that I was wanting to talk about in Audition was auto-ducking. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's something that, as an editor, I do a lot of this in Premiere too of being able to sort of um, bring music in and out as people are talking. I, I think that the auto-ducking auto feature in the Essential Sounds panel in Audition is going to mean that there's a real reason to utilise Audition more and more to save time on that feature alone.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's actually a feature that's been in there for a while. It's just been hidden. It's been something that's a bit of a dark art to kind of wrap your head around but exposing it in a simple way through the essential uh, sound panel is going to make a big difference i think a lot of people are going to be like wow how oh this is awesome how long has that been there and it just it really simplifies the way you can interact with the different um, components of audio on different tracks and then you do get this really cool dotted line which represents the envelope of it ducking down and then coming back up and then ducking down again, and there's a there'll be a, a way to manually override the auto ducking. So you take that dotted line print of where there's audio from another source, uh, let's say dialogue, then it drops down and then it comes back up when there's no dialogue. Uh, By ticking this or unticking a box, you'll be able to take that dotted line, make a hard envelope out of it, and then grab the points and manipulate them the way that you want to manipulate them, just that little bit extra. But to get the start point with really just a couple of sliders and just turning on the ducking functionality um, as a music asset, it's, it's exposing something that's been technically tricky to put together and making it so simple.
0: And it's also utilizing um, Sensei again. And so is that enhanced yeah. with?
1: It? Yeah, uh, that one, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it is. It is actually. It's it's leveraging um, Sensei. Yeah. So that's where there's this difference between it is all Sensei or it leverages Sensei. And yeah, it's it's understanding the machine learning's understanding where there's audio that's interacting in an overlapping way. Um, there's also. A point where the faders will just go well my fader from this point to this point is so close do you know what i'm actually just going to leave the audio down with that gap because otherwise it'll just go up really like too quick yeah between between the gaps so it just it just goes well that's better practice and yeah. it just makes it flat for you for that um elongated bit just a little bit extra so yeah, it is one of those one of those areas where it is utilizing uh some of this machine learning.
0: Well, the more the machine does and, and the less I have to do, I'm a happy man. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well it's all the feel good stuff comes when you finish the project, right?
0: Yeah. Um I think uh, I I've I've always found in, you know, going back into premier year and um being able to um um have have it that it's connected to in and out points and things like that, so I'm not manipulating those keyframes and things it's 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 all time saving I know what I want to do with it I don't want to have to just keep manipulating and making it work so all of these advances are amazing in my view and any sort of speed improvements I can get as well which kind of leads me to audition mm. with um the mixdowns because I'm doing quite a few mixdowns with the podcast so 400% faster potentially increase in speed that's pretty epic
1: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a big deal um yeah 4x speed um up to 4x speed it's it's definitely going to make I think it's going to make the utilization of this tool um, that much more. I think people are really going to try it now if they haven't already, and for those that have tried it and thought, "Hmm, it's a little, it's good, it's got a lot of stuff in there, but it is a little bit slow." There's been a lot of um, a lot of focus on making sure that the tool is as fast as it can be, and there'll be more and more focus on audition as a tool going forward. We really want people to have the best kind of experience with their mixing and audio cleanup and mastering through audition and then having everything to do with that hook straight back up into the likes of premiere pro or even and we brought out a little while ago the ability to export the final video with the mix from media uh, through media encoder from audition um as well so that's been done a little while ago We'll see if that gets picked up a little more too. Um, I
0: think because the, it is just
1: a really nice way of working.
0: Yeah. I think the essential sound panel is a really great feature of opening up audition so that people don't feel intimidated by it. I think that there's a lot in there that somebody who's not used to working with audio might be a little bit intimidated, but it's come so far in that it's not just all smacking you in the face of here's all these tracks and buttons and things like that so i myself personally know that that's how i felt about working with audio and auditions just over the latest releases just made it easier and easier to feel comfortable within it
1: and yeah it's got um it's got full mackie control as well so people with these big boards that they're able to use that are high-end people, um, the tool is sort of being designed for them as well. It's trying to cross that bridge between an editor that is now needing to do a lot more um, audio work and then also being able to hand that off to someone who is an audio professional and that's what they do day in, day out and they know what all these little knobs and little sliders and all the little tweaky things that they can do, they know what that means and so utilising the um the power of setting things up in the edit using the Premiere pro essential sound panel to get started and then handing that off into audition and then being able to do a bit more even as a basic editor that's trying to do better things with audio and then if it needs that real professional kind of overview of okay well i need to tweak that and this tiny kilohertz bit there and this bit and you could then just pass that on to a professional person who knows what they're doing and um, and then export it straight back into Premiere with yeah. all, the, all the goods. Yeah,
0: Being able to um, retain all of the workflow in the Adobe Creative Cloud um, even when that's not your skill set that's pretty huge because for so many of us we used to always just export OMFs or AAF and then that was that and we didn't have access to any of that. All we got back was the final mix mm. and being able to, like you say, not know how to do some of those higher-end treatments and sweetenings of audio, but still retaining control of it, so it's still part of our mm. workflow too.
1: Yeah. One of the things that has been there for a while that um, I actually showed someone today, this one, and they were like, wow, that's cool. How long's that been there? Which is uh, the mixdowns that come out of Audition, they have a little metadata tag inside the mixdown, that from Premiere allows you to uh, right-click on it and select Edit Original, and it will fire up the session that was the multi-track mix that made that mix down. It can launch that and then open that up for you. That's awesome. It's kind of like, yeah, it's really cool. Um, It's kind of like having a rendered out After Effects comp and then you go, hmm, edit original, and it opens the comp that made that rendered out file. Yeah. It's the same kind of principle.
0: Well, I, I'm always talking to my guys about file organ, organization, which is like leave a breadcrumb trail for somebody else who's picking it up through naming conventions. But with this, it's like, wow, that's, that's so much easier to be able to just literally open up the original mix.
1: Yeah. So if you've done something like using... Um, the auto-ducking, and let's say you've come to a point and you go, oh, we thought we had permission for the audio, for the music. We've done the mastering on the... the everything else is mastered great. We just need to stick in uh, a different audio track. You could literally just say, oh, okay, edit original, open up the original multi-track mix, swap out your content, hit the ducking, and just get it to... Replace the music and punch back out a new mix down.
0: What do you mean? Like uh, changes and things, most of us aren't used to that. Like once the edits are <laughs> <laughs> locked, isn't that it?
1: <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm thinking of the old days when when that was normal. And surely no one does that anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anything that allows you to keep uh, manipulating, working with, adapting, changing—it's uh, you know—that is the reality of our our workflows now. That you need to be able to like jump in. And change any aspect of it, which is pretty much why Adobe Creative Cloud for video professionals is what I truly believe the best product, because I have that flexibility of doing the work I need to, but also being able to change it because it's not completely baked in throughout the different applications. And that's a huge one for me and my
1: workflows. Mm. Sweet, mate. Well, We'll... you know, we do what we can.
0: (laughs) And that's not me brown-nosing Adobe directly either, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, thank oh, well, we're happy to have your support.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, thank you so much for joining me, John. I know that um, you're getting over a cold, and um, thank you so much for jumping on a call with me to go over the latest release and share with the listeners what's what's coming out with that.
1: Yeah, no, no problem. It's uh, it's too exciting to have delayed doing um, the interview today, so I thought, you know what, I'll just take it. Swallow that concrete pill, <laughs> and uh, do what do what needs to be done. So, all good.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, and thank you guys for joining me on the Pro Video Podcast. If you would like to go and support the show by hitting that subscribe button in your podcatcher of choice, leaving a rating and a review, all of that really helps. We carry on the conversations on our Facebook group, Pro Video Podcast and we've got lots of posts on twitter and the slack group as well come get connected reach out share your thoughts ask questions and maybe you want to come on the show at some point too anyway thank you so much for listening and i'll see you next week all right bye